Hi, everyone. I'm Tish Conlon. Here's another episode of Tish Talk. Today, I have a guest who I've had on before, and many of you know Tom Marazzo. He's been um, doing exceptional work within the freedom movement. Uh, Tom, for those of you who don't know him, um, ha- did enroll in the Army, I think, 1998 and rose to be a captain. He retired in 2015, did a four-year degree. I think he also did an MBA and started teaching. Um, he was actually fired for questioning the legitimacy of the vaccine mandates, and I applaud him. And right from there, he stepped into volunteering for our incredible Canadian Trucker Freedom Convoy, Peaceful Protest, which inspired the world. He was primarily the main spokesperson during the daily press. Um, And then after that, he didn't stop. He ran for provincial leadership role with the Ontario Party. I'm proud to call him a friend and um, fellow uh, freedom fighter. So welcome, Tom. Great to see you today. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Oh, no, my pleasure. So we've got a lot of topics to dive mm-hmm. into today. Um, you know, it's hard to keep up. Some people are like, what's going on? Let's start by uh, just kind of talking about some of these world events. I know sure. the Italian prime minister, um, conservative prime minister was elected. I know she did a great speech uh, recently about, you know, why are they attacking the family? Why is the family the enemy? And she's, you know, she's talking about this whole concept that they're attacking the uh, family because that's the strongest unit um, Mm -hmm. in every country. And they're trying to um, tear apart the identity of the family, the person, turn us into these digital units, these uh, consumer slaves. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm hopeful that she'll, um, you know, make some progress, uh, although people are always talking about um, people being controlled opposition, as we know. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's. You know, I, recently I put on my Twitter that uh, this is this is my new version of it. We don't have cancel culture for everything, but what we have is certain vocabulary being used for cancel conversation. Yeah. So this is you know we we say you know the Italian Prime Minister, for example. Uh, I looked on the news yesterday. I, I, I think on my Twitter, I reposted a video that somebody put together. It was a compilation of all these media outlets. Uh, and the, the narrative that they're framing around her, they're calling her this far-right extremist with ties to Mussolini. Oh, jeez. Right? Why? It, because this is what they use as cancel conversation vocabulary. It is, yes. it is so different than calling somebody a conspiracy theorist in order to immediately shut down or stifle any thoughtful conversation debate and really stump your your ability to inform yourself about real facts. People don't want to talk about it, so they use a certain amount of cancel conversation type vocabulary to just shut it right down. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, they use this very, very specific lexicon to... Oh. Uh, discredit you immediately so that nobody else wants to to hear from you oh and- we, we we know that and i'm in just jumping in be you know the words anti i mean when you think yes. of the word anti if you put anti in front of anything people are resistant to to move forward so it's it's almost like it blocks your mind oh that person's an anti an yeah. anti you know vaxxer anti-mask or yep. you know um science denier these words denier yep. and anti are used deliberately they're powerful 
spells that are put on people to stop yes. in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And once you recognize the con, you, you yes. can move through it. But most people are still resistant. Right-wing extremists. What does that even yeah. mean? Extremists, right-wing. I mean, they're just words being used to stop any conversation based on factual evidence. Yeah. And I, I read, a, there's a new word, a new buzzword that's coming up lately that I don't even understand, but accelerationist. Oh, jeez. I, I, I looked at that word. Like, I, I'm not even sure where you're going with that. Um, is, is, what is the point of, of throwing in that word other than to try to make your side of the, the cancel conversation vocabulary seem stronger, more intellectual, more, more factual, when mm-hmm. in reality, it really doesn't mean anything. I, I would offer no. that it's a spelled word. It, it has no bearing on anything. Yes. Um, and so when you look at the, the Italian prime minister, this is what they're, the mainstream media on, you know, this, in this hemisphere have been labeling her as, and it's just the same repetitive buzzwords. It's tiring, yes. It's tiring. And, and I would agree with her wholeheartedly. There's been an attack on, there's been an attack on the family unit for, I would say, 30 years since I can remember. Definitely, you know, masculinity is a, is a bad thing in, in our culture all of a sudden. And I shouldn't say all of a sudden, we're just kind of waking up to it now, but it's been under attack for 30 years. Oh, and, yes. yes. You know, I, I remember in the early days of COVID, I, I remember one day seeing this meme. It was a comparison of, of the young men that stormed the beach of Normandy versus what young men look like now. And of course, they take a picture of the worst of the yes. worst young, young men, right? And at first, I wanted to pile on and say, yeah, guys, like man up. And then I realized, wait a minute, there's been a concerted effort for over 30 years to emasculate men within society. And masculize women. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and a a good friend of mine, uh, she brought this point to me one day, you know, she's a a mother, a wife, uh, a homeschooler. And she brought the attention, this to my attention today. She said, look at any sitcom right now. So for example, um, everybody loves Raymond. He's the star of the show, but who wears the pants in his in in that family? And if you look at all of the family-based sort of sitcoms, the men are the buffoons, and oh, the women absolutely. are the one that that run the whole household, right? And Flintstones, even you know, we've got yes. all of these yeah. uh, Family yeah. Guy, um, yeah. American Dad. Yeah. They're all buffoons. I've always, I never liked watching them and they're all like big fat buffoons and, you know, and people get a lot of laughs and lovable. Um, I see for me, I, I, there's certain things about the way I like that society is, is moving towards naturally. Right. And I, and I like the idea of uh, a marriage or a relationship actually being a partnership, a 50-50 partnership. Yes, you know, me too. Not back in the 50s where, where all the men worked, women stayed home with the kids, although lots of studies that do talk about that being a very good thing for our, our children. But if we were could be more in line with sort of a, a balance of, of equal share within relationships, I think that would be much more appropriate given today's world. But it's, it's kind of the pendulum swing to the other side. It's like the men are the buffoons, the women are the everything in the household. And then we turn around and, and we as a society say, well, gee, guys, where, where are your guts? Where's your courage? Why aren't you standing up for me? It's like, well, are you kidding me? I, we just lived through a couple of years of me too. Every guy I know just wants to kind of duck and cover right now. 
But I know that's a terrible example because of the the precedent that was set. And I, and I don't mean that in any way to uh, distract away from the good work that came from the Me Too movement, but it has really forced men to, uh, hey, I'll be honest, in my entire military career, and I, I did 25 years, I was never, I never allowed myself to be put in a position where my integrity could be compromised. I never allowed for a female soldier or a civilian to be in a room with me with a closed door without a witness. Yes. That's yeah. just the environment that I lived in. That is the the way you, you don't want to be compromised in any way. You don't want your integrity to be called into question. And we, we have been as men, we've been terrified into having to think this way with our interactions with, with women now. Well, it's been done you know, as we know, deliberately and, and planned mm -hmm. for decades. Um, you know, I never bought into the whole feminism movement. I'm a strong mm -hmm. woman, but I yeah. embrace my femininity. And yes. I like, I, I, as, as you mentioned, I like a strong relationship where yeah. we're partners, but I can be feminine, he can be masculine. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really important. And, and it makes for a healthy relationship. This assault, it's, it goes beyond an assault on the family. And it's an assault on every relationship. And at the core of every relationship is trust. And mm -hmm. so these psychopaths have been systematically pushing wedges uh, and using the Me Too movement and horrifically. I mean, we know there's such an issue with pedophilia and sexual assault. It, it, there is a, a problem and it's, uh, but at, the problem on a normal relationships is people's uh, trust is being attacked with all of these uh, programming and languages. And when they break down the relationship, the relationship with the core between men and women, between parent and child, they're even breaking down. Then you can disrupt everything and they'll turn to state. And when mm -hmm. you turn to state and they have their, they have their program, you know, we know what the digitals in slavery is look going to look like, you know, they've already spelled it out. Will they get there? No. I mean, we know that it, it's not going to happen. How long will the struggle be though, before people decide they want to take back the relationships? I think it starts personally with mm -hmm. co coming back to loving relationships. And I spoke about this at an event recently, the, 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 the weapons of the enemy, it's been used time and time again throughout history. It's fear and division. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, the weapons that we need to use are love and unity. And yes. a lot of everyone said, oh, that's eerie, fairy. No, love. Learn to love people, support them, because when you're full of love, your heart is full of courage. When mm -hmm. you have courage, when you're not living in fear and you have love, you're grounded in love, you will step into courage naturally. You'll build better relationships naturally. You will resist these labels like controlled opposition and you'll reach out to someone. And you'll say, hey, I didn't get what you said on Twitter. Can you explain? And they go, yeah. oh, I get it now. Or you won't lash out at someone because they're they're being decent or uh, classy um, mm -hmm. and, you know, instead of being um, angry or aggressive. I mean, I don't think that technique's going to work to rebuild our future. So, I mean, I, I think at, at the core, they're, they've, they're salting every relationship and trust. 
We know the lies of the government, of the big pharma, I mean, the level of corruption in the legal sector, education. Um, and so we now are waking up to this massive lie that's being perpetrated and we are being assaulted at every side and our trust is affected. We must repair trust. We must repair relationships. But rebuilding one relationship at a time will help us to forge ahead, I believe, and then do the hard work of rebuilding a better future because how can we build a better future when we're full of anger and hate in our heart and mind we'll just repeat the same cycles over and over again mm -hmm. um, your thoughts on uh the, well, the systematic problem that we're well, experiencing I, not just in the freedom movement but you know internationally yes um, well i from my perspective every institution that we have within our society has been negatively infiltrated or influenced. I, I don't know which is the better word, but I think both to some degree are, are both appropriate. And when I look at children, and we're talking about uh, relationships between, you know, spouses, but we, we don't maybe focus enough on the relationships that we're modeling for the children. Oh, and yeah. to remember, children are in school, the vast majority of the week, they're actually with other adults. They're in schools. And we know that children that are in the schools are a captive audience and they are susceptible to government um, indoctrination. And, and we talked about this quite a bit during the campaign uh, mm -hmm. for the Ontario party in, in, I know New Blue did, other people spoke about it, but there's an indoctrination that is happening to the children as opposed to education. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we knew this from, from, all of the, the lessons we learned in history of what the Nazis did with our youth. They, you know, the youth were in uh, Bible studies on weekends when, you know, the Nazi came in, they basically systematically detached the children from the parents and got the children to actually turn on the morals and the values of the parents at the time. We're and seeing that today with this, this, yeah. uh, this sexualization of children's. And I was quite yes. proud of uh, Maxine Bernie of PPC for calling it what it is. Yeah. Um, yes. and, 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 you know, kind of calling out to people, we've got to stop this as parents and stand up for this. This is, this goes beyond a personal mm -hmm. decision in terms of your sexuality as an adult. When they're yeah. grooming children, I mean, the, the number of books in the schools that are literally perverted stories mm -hmm. in cartoons, trying to, to sexualize our children at a very young age, they need to be removed and allowing mm -hmm. um, this type of behavior in, in the classroom. It's gone so far. And, you know, the goal, many people say with this, uh, this, this is grooming of children and trying to move them away from their natural sexuality. Uh, it's a perversion of, of God's mm -hmm. natural law. Now, if you are an adult and you decide you want to have a, uh, a surgery or you make a different choice for your sexuality, good. I mean, and I love everybody, but that needs to be a decision at a much later age and not being pushed on you. These rainbow clubs for little kids, they don't even mm -hmm. know about sexuality, nor should they. They should just know that girls and boys should just think the other one has cooties at a young age. This pushing them towards being sexual objects is 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 a child abuse and nothing less. Well, what, what frustrates me about this entire issue is the fact that, again, it's indoctrination. That is not the role of the education system. The education system needs to stay in their lane and focus on skills, math, reading, reading, reading yes. geography. 
and and education is what their purpose is i don't you know um when my my child needs their teeth cleaned i take them to a dentist when they break a bone i take them to a doctor when they need spiritual guidance that's for me their their, their mother or let's say a religious figure mm-hmm. when i want education for my children they're supposed to go to school. That is what my tax dollars go towards is paying for education. Absolutely. Nowhere, nowhere do I pay or have somewhere in society that is meant for indoctrination. So why is the government using that opportunity to take those captive, that captive audience of our youth and indoctrinate them with, you know, these, these ideologies that are not mine. I don't share them nor do, you know, Many other parents share those those ideologies with the government. So why is the government taking advantage of the captive audience, moving away from education and moving into indoctrination? Absolutely. And the answer is, is clear. It's it's the war on the family, and you've seen yes. it play out. Now, you've seen uh, kids, I've read countless articles, turning against their parents, saying yes. they can no longer speak to them because they have been indoctrinated into an ideology that's that's a fraud. We know yes. uh, the, that the COVID narrative was a fraud, and yet people have bought into it. Um, we know that the climate, uh, the climate uh, agenda is a fraud. When you look at the, the, the concrete evidence, they're using this indoctrination to turn young people against their parents, and it's, it's very evil, and we need to call it out. I mean, not only are they indoctrinating our kids at school, but they are pushing unsafe medical experimentation and unsafe products it's, they should not be involved with big pharma and yet they are it disturbs me to such a level that still after all of the evidence and data on the harm of these injections for kids they're promoting the boosters through the durham school board and i, I don't know how many letters i've sent how many phone calls i've made how many times i've contacted stephen lecce they still are pushing that and even Norway has banned them, and they're still pushing that in Canada. That is very disturbing, verging on criminal. At what point can we stop this? How can we break through? And I think it's just a monumental evidence, and that takes every person who's awake to push back, because if they're still, it's uh, the tipping point, I guess is what they call it, takes enough people calling in, and, and unfortunately, enough injuries and harmful side effects for finally them to stop it. It's an embarrassment to our education system here in Canada that they're still doing it. I'm personally ashamed of every single person who still is ignoring letters. And I know there's millions of people sending them or thousands, at least I can't comment, but a large number of people. Well, what's, what's the quote and I'm going to screw it up. I'm sure. But the quote is something along the lines of, you know, for, for evil to prevail, prevail is for uh, good, meant to do nothing exactly i've promoted i've 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 put this up on my profile so many times and you know i think people at their heart they know when they're living a lie i mean people Mm -hmm. particularly when you're awake i know alexander stolzenitsyn uh the beautiful russian writer who lived through communism and depicted this dehumanization process he he said live not by lies so even and and the more and more people that join in, we're really not this small minority now. There's more and more people uh, who are who are part of it, um, and we can. I think I think really the ultimate lesson is to be called 
we to to take action personally in your life and in your world in your country a lot of people say oh i don't get in politics it's just a bunch of scummy politicians well that's because we let scummy politicians get in because people of integrity just said i'm not getting involved that's because we decide to get entertained with netflix and all of these shows instead of looking at the great evil right in front of us and i think we're called in this time to fix our mess however yeah. long it takes no one's going to fix it but us yeah, and, and what's unfortunate is when these particular people that you're describing finally wake up one day and realize what's going on, they're going to say, well, why didn't anyone tell me? It's like we've we've been running around with our hair on fire for years now yes. trying to wake up, and you have chosen to be willfully ignorant, and now you're crying foul, right? You, you're on your third or fourth booster, uh, and you're vaccine injured, and now you're going to start to advocate for you know something to be done i'm sorry but there's been people running around for for the entire time of covid from, Years. from almost day one almost sacrificing day one. like yes. i know both of us massive sacrifices and there's no other way i would have it um mm -hmm. because the the reward is much greater yeah um, judy Mikovits is the very first doctor that ever came out against all this I and remember Simone Gold too. She was right up yes. there and she was imprisoned yep. in the US. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and there was some, and you know, I had a great conversation with Chris Vandenbosch today uh, from police on guard. And, you know, we, we have people within, let's say the policing, various organizations, different institutions. And we all know that basically the first group of people that stood up and stood their ground and pushed back, they all got their heads cut off. Mm -hmm. Like they, they all got basically that first wave of people that pushed back got slaughtered because every institution said, we can't have this. We're going to make an example of you. Mm -hmm. And so they all, that whole entire cohort of people in across every profession got slaughtered, but enough people had to stand behind it and say, yeah, I saw what you did to Chris. I saw what you did to this person. I saw, but you know what? I'm still not afraid. That person yes. was right. You're wrong. And I'm never going to let you forget about it because, you know, I have, I have personal, uh, personal stake in this with my children, my grandchildren, my family. Yes. And we knew that uh, the first one we're going to get slaughtered. I agree. I mean, I, I, I couldn't stop myself because I felt called uh, mm -hmm. and I stood up in that first wave. I got sued, but the thing is, I stood my ground, and I yeah. th so the lawsuit dropped. I mean, it was a legal threat, really, mm -hmm. and it became a nothing thing just for questioning the narrative with a client. And yes. you know, eventually, my twenty-five thousand connections on LinkedIn were canceled. But the amazing, beautiful thing is, I've rebuilt. And I yep. get more traction than ever on my account. Um, you know, I sent no, I sent notices to all my clients why I disagreed with the mandates and uh, the concerns about the, the experimental shot and why I wouldn't work with them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it on. And I have clients coming back to me saying, you know what, you were right. I mean, so I Good. think standing strong is important. And, and, Honestly, I, I've still got business um, enough to keep me um, going, but my focus has been this job. I mean, I feel like my 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 mission was to stop the shots. Personally, I, that's what I focus on, and and wake people up. Even you know, still uh, a neighbor up at my cottage is a police officer, and I you know kind of casually spoke to him, and he you know he ended up kind of cautiously admitting he didn't like the the BS. And I directed him to 
police on guard. He wasn't aware of that. So I'm hopeful that he'll join. So, you know, just just connecting people to these um, these these groups that are fighting back. And I'm really the work that police on guard and Veterans for Freedom are doing is excellent. And yes. when, and I've heard many times when your own police and military decide they're going to do their whatever, uphold their oath and stand with the people, yep. they can't do anything. And that's mm-hmm. what we need. And I don't know how close we are to that. And if you could speak to our military and police officers waking up to the agenda. Yeah, and I this is this was kind of the the purpose of the conversation that Chris and I had this morning. Um, is that we do have this. I, I actually did a TikTok, I think two days ago. I finally uploaded because of internet stuff, but I have a huge confliction within me about the police um, because I have always, always highly respected police officers for the job that they've always been willing to do on behalf of the public. And I, I know they get compensated very well, but for the amount of trauma that they suffer in their entire careers, it's nowhere near the money that, that they get paid or compensated. They do it because it's a calling, it's whatever it is. And they really, really deal with the most worst that society has to offer. And yet I'm very conflicted because of what happened in February when the police attacked the public in Ottawa. Yeah, right. I still, I still am processing the anger and the disgust and the lack of respect that I have in particular for the commissioner of the RCP, commissioner of the OPP, all the police chiefs across this country who are absolutely, they're cowards. As far as I'm concerned, they are Mm -hmm. spineless. And I don't think any of them uh, should be in the positions there. I I think that every police chief in this country should resign. It's not going to happen. Not one of them is. But look, these police chiefs, they, they rose to the ranks. They suffered their own traumas. They were political. They made it to the, to the height of a police chief. But this is where they have utterly failed. They should have been pushing back against the politicians and mm-hmm. saying, you're not going to direct police operations. You are not going to um, destroy the reputation that police have built, the trust between the public and the the uh the police themselves because now you're putting police lives in danger and if you think just just remember just before covid all the police across ontario were undergoing about two years of retraining to stop carding people because Mm -hmm. it was founded that carding was actually unconstitutional so the police went through this whole retraining program to stop it and to rebuild the relationship between the public because they didn't like the fact that Police were profiling, police were carting mm-hmm. people on the street. Now, all of a sudden, we've got COVID and the cops have gone 20 steps back, right? Oh, the Toronto police were brutal. Montreal police, Quebec City police, oh. RCMP have been just absolutely out of control across this country. And, right. you know, if you look at what's happening out in out West, you've got Daniel Smith, I think, right now is the front runner to take over from Jason Kenney. And I like the fact that she's talking about this sovereignty act over there. And I know for, for, I was in um, Alberta Mm -hmm. in in, um, August, I know a lot of people want to expel the RCMP right out of the province. And from my perspective, I absolutely agree with it. I don't think that the RCMP should be operating across provinces. I think Mm 
they should be in capital cities talking about federal crime. But I don't think, Mm. I think every province should have its own provincial police. So the only two that I'm aware of is QPP or uh, uh, Sûreté de Québec and Mm. the OPP. But why are federal police having jurisdiction within provinces? Because now you have a premier that doesn't control her police force. That's a good good question. That that could be a solution as well. They're looking to get rid of the RCMP. And even when Jason Kenney became the premier, they did a big uh, Mm. survey of the public and the public said, yeah, we want them gone. Okay. They conduct themselves. So I've got engine here but ultimately you know the police have put themselves into such an awful position the rank and file didn't push back no the leadership in the police didn't push back and now you have a situation where you've got the public that has no respect and no trust in every opportunity at a protest the public antagonizes the police and the police with violence Yes, it's a huge problem. And what you're what you're illustrating isn't just within our police and military. This is a crisis of accountability. Yes, and we see it in media as well as in the public health. I mean, the salaries of these public health officials who are actually on the Pfizer board or taking these bribes for Mm -hmm. promoting unsafe injections, the number of letters sent and they do nothing with the media. When they rolled out this uh, supposed uh, H1N1 shot, after I think just like five people were injured or 25, it, the number was incredibly yeah. low, 50. I don't yeah. know what, what it was, but I try to stay within factual data. Mm-hmm. It was such a low number. The media pushed, uh, sh- uh, called out the government um, mm-hmm. for these unsafe shots and they were stopped. Here we have a landslide of sudden deaths. I mean, the the fastest growing um, group on Facebook is died suddenly. Hundreds of thousands of people sharing stories of people dying suddenly or horrific injuries after these injections. And the media, silent. You might get like a small story in a local paper uh, or a local news station, but they are not being accountable. The public health officials are not being accountable. The judges are compromised. We have Mm -hmm. massive uh, crisis of accountability and corruption, people Mm -hmm. taking bribes, people. And beyond the the accountability and corruption is this selfishness. Is people are like, well, I'll just look after me. We've forgotten Mm -hmm. That, that we are connected to each other. Our actions impact other people's. And that, you know, as Jesus said, love your neighbor, we've forgotten how to care for other people and put their interests as well as ours forward. And so this world that we've created is sick. It's sick, it's corrupt, it's rotten to the core. And it, it, if people people need to start being accountable, even the doctors, there's so many, I mean, Stephen Kirsch, uh, who is a former de- Democrat, big Democrat supporter, billionaire, um, high, you know, tech guy who's now anti-vax. He's doing all this research. He's trying to wake people up. He says, how do you red pill people? Even, you know, he, he's talking about these issues. We mm-hmm. aren't getting doctors. They're afraid to speak out. Now, come on, step into your courage. Where's your Hippocratic yeah. oath? They're afraid yeah. that they're, they won't have their $400,000 salary. I mean, get over it. Like yeah. live in a trailer park for a year if you have to, because mm-hmm. this the level of corruption with the Ontario uh, College of Phys- Physicians and Surgeons is yeah. beyond 
beyond. Yeah. I think that that whole organization needs to be shut down. Some things cannot yes. be reformed or fixed. Yep. Um, and we're going to have to get comfortable with shutting things down completely because they are they are um, taking away licenses from doctors who are uh, treating people properly who with early interventions. Now, you know, whether there could be criminal charges for some of these institutions or mm -hmm. not, who knows, but at least the level of corruption is beyond beyond repair, I believe. I, I absolutely agree. And a couple of weekends ago, um, when Dr. Chris Shoemaker was in Toronto protesting, uh, I went out to the last day and I, I was asked to give some public remarks as well. And I called out the doctors. Mm -hmm. I called them out really hard because this could have all ended two years ago. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I would say two years ago, this could have ended if the spineless, greedy, cowardly doctors across this country would have just abided by their own Hippocratic oath. But they didn't. What they did is they covered their own butts. They covered their own bank accounts. And they sided with money. They did instead of with with people, and they should be ashamed. I and I, I think they should be really embarrassed about what they've done. And and it's not too late. They could actually start coming out of out of the the woodwork now because they all are. they some all are. Some, are, some are. And I'm I'm you know look I I'm willing to just say look you're you're very late to the party, but let's just celebrate that you're going to show up at all. But the fact remains the. College of Physicians and Surgeons, in my mind, got away with murder, literal murder. They did, yes. Because the doctors were cowards. Absolutely. And they were incentivized yeah. to promote these shots. I don't know how many pieces of documentation I've sent to the doctors in my yeah. own community. Yeah. And a lot of it is arrogance. Why should mm -hmm. we, you know, you, you're not a doctor. Um, you know, sorry. They, the, the things they would say back to me, it used to be, are you okay? You know, or are you suffering a breakdown? It's like, mm -hmm. get, let's not get off topic. Look at the factual yeah. evidence. Why are you yes. promoting? So I kept, I was very strong with them. And I, I think I broke through and it is, um, you have to do it multiple times and stand in your strength. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's appalling. And, you know, some of them, unfortunately, are starting to speak out because they, they, they don't want to be on the wrong side of history. So last minute, you know, how the rats flee the ship. You see mm -hmm. that? Um, yep. I, I spoke at an event the other night with Dr. Gerges, who's been um, advocating since the beginning, um, and he he has uh, you know deep faith in God. And you see that people who have a deep faith, whether through whatever religion they follow or just through a spiritual practice, mm -hmm. they seem to see it uh, more clearly. This tyranny, and it you know he he quoted the Bible, a number of passages that clearly show the trickery. Of pharmacia, mm -hmm. you will know them by their their spells, their pharmacia. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he said that even with the College of Physicians and Surgeons, this is something I didn't know. They stopped requiring doctors when they graduate to, to sign a Hippocratic oath because they they no no longer wanted them to follow a moral conscious um, conscience um, and, and you know and convictions. And so it's all about the money. I didn't realize that they don't even have to sign that oath anymore. And that's, wow. that certainly needs to be reinstated in the future. So about a year ago, a good friend of mine who's a physician who lost his job uh, because of vaccine mandates, a couple of interesting things have come out of the, the conversations I've had with him over the year. He did lose his job. He's working sort of part-time right now, but um, 
I asked them about the CPSO and I said, you know, it, does the CPSO have a, a, a research and development wing of the organization? He says, no, not at all. I said, so they are strictly there for um, malfeasance of a doctor. So really a, a doctor does something wrong. They're the investigative body that really investigates in, in, in to see if there was wrongdoing on the part of the doctor. And he said, yes, that is what their mandate. I said, then why is it that they're in the, the treatment room between the doctor and the patient before any treatment has been administered? And he said, that's what none of us seem to understand. Why are they so far outside of their lane and they're interfering in doctor-patient care? And yet you would think that I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer. You would think that every single doctor who had any sort of um, uh, interaction with the CPSO with regard to the COVID-19 vaccination should have been saying, whoa, 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 you're so far outside of your lane, you're threatening my livelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I allow you to interfere with doctor-patient care, that's no longer ethical. I'm not even sure it's legal. And what we've seen is, uh, you know, last month it was ruled, there was a judge said, yeah, you guys, you CPSO, you can't threaten doctors anymore. You don't yes. have the work you've been doing. I heard but, that one. But the, the this, you know, I... I I'm very hesitant to use the word common sense or that phrase, but this should have been common sense. It should have been. And again, I go back it's to the cowardice. Web, it's cowardice. And I go back to what I've been speaking about. And I really think this is critical that people get this. The weapons of war that are used against us are fear and division. Fear. When you're afraid, you, you don't take action. You know, yeah. you're, we understand uh, physically the amygdala is activated. You're in that fight or flight response. You yeah. can't think clearly. You don't have critical thinking skills. When you're grounded in love and, you know, to be a loving person, you don't have to be religious, but you do need a spiritual basis because yes. you, think you live outside of your own selfish needs. When you live in love, you can, you can live in your heart and your heart is where courage is found. That's, you know, the yes. courageous heart. Then you will take action and people are just not living in love and they're not uniting for our common good we're not thinking of each other and when if you uh, you can't take courageous action in your life you shouldn't be in a position of authority i believe because if you're if you're afraid to do what's right no matter the consequences now you and i have done what's right and mm -hmm. i stand stronger than ever i mean the benefits i say to people the amazing people i've met the adventure mm -hmm. i've had speaking out and i don't think it's done anything to turn so called tarnish my relationship I, I i don't even take it in when someone calls me anything anymore and, and fewer and fewer people do even people who disagree with me i notice whether i've perfected my pitch or just they're starting to kind of wake up on a unconscious level they're more respectful they're polite and I try and I really maintain anyone who still uh, believes the narrative good for you. I mean, I don't find to disagree, but if we're not able to take courageous action, I don't think anyone should be in a position of leadership in this country. Mm -hmm. And people who didn't for the last few years, I think that there should be consequences because if we can't hold people accountable, if we yes. can, if we just keep saying, oh, we'll sweep that under the rug. It's like every other trauma or abuse. It festers. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like when you you don't face something emotional, emotional trauma in your life, you know, then you get physical symptoms, because if you don't know how to heal, 
process your traumas uh, and heal, you can't move forward. And if we can't hold these people accountable, I don't think we'll be able to heal as a people, as a nation, uh, as humanity, as a world, and move forward to make something better. So we've got to hold people accountable for what yep. they've done. And, and, and I, you raise a really, I think, a vital point here that people need to understand. You know, all compensation in employment is actually tied to your level of responsibility. The more responsibility you have, the more compensation you financially get. You know, this is why the person on the bottom of the totem pole or the bottom of the ladder makes the least amount of money. You get compensated for responsibility and with responsibility, you ultimately have to be held accountable for the decisions that you made. And if you're refusing to be accountable, then you're not fit to be responsible. Exactly. And, and this is what people need to understand. So you raise a really, really insightful uh, point there because you're looking at a licensing board for doctors. You're looking at education. You're looking at chiefs of police. You're, you're looking at, you know, here's another great one. All the banking institutions in this country that uh, went after, just fell in line, did exactly what the government told them to do last February when they used FinTrack to attack all of our accounts. Yes. Uh, A report went out in the media this week about um, a blacklist. So even my name appeared on it. So I'm on this, this blacklist that went out to every financial institution in Canada in February. There was a very specific uh, group of names. I've been told. I've been told that if somebody runs a CPIC on me, my name is going to be flagged. Oh. Now, I, I and I'm not the only one. James Top is an example of somebody who's now been flagged. It was originally put to me as we're on a, a domestic terrorist watch list. Although I've never had a warrant, I've never been charged, I've never been convicted of anything. But now, because I disagree with the government and I have exercised my charter section two right to peacefully assemble. Mm-hmm. I'm now an enemy of this country in the, in the eyes of the law and shame on any police officer in this country that ever takes action, you know, against any of us that are on that list yes. because we pop up in CPIC. That is reprehensible. And it this is. is where we get back to responsibility and accountability. And I think the, the police in this country, the, the place where we start to rebuild this country, I think is between the public and the police. And I think the police are the ones who are going to have to do it. Unfortunately, mm. they're not. The public is going to have to start working on its, its new relationship with law enforcement in this country. Um, that's where it's going to have to start because we need to win the hearts and minds of the rank and file police get them to start advocating on behalf of the public inside their, their departments. Absolutely. Because I don't want to say that the police are cowards because, you know, police will, will, will run into a burning building. They'll run into an active shooter situation. That's their job. But morally, morally, we have seen nothing but, but morally, cowardly, cowardly. morally bankrupt 
And that's another thing is this assault, which is these people are brilliant. They have been assaulting people's convictions. They're saying right and wrong. They're making like anything goes like, you know, someone who is a who is a pedophile. They're just to track. That's, you know, don't discriminate against them because they're attracted to young people. No, it's a clear right and wrong with certain things. And, And when you don't have convictions, it's mm-hmm. hard to step in and do the right thing, which is stand yeah. against something that's obviously evil. When it, all the lines are blurred, and they've done this in a lot of, they did it in Germany, uh, in Nazi Germany. That was the the period of anything goes, and you mm-hmm. know, and, and that way people were just so busy, uh, you know, in pleasuring themselves and others that they they didn't have a sense of moral duty. And yeah. I think when we have no convictions, we have no um, sense of right and wrong taught mm-hmm. to us or told to us by our superiors again or even within our own selves and part of that is because we're disconnected spiritually we are turning ourselves into uh you know just just uh you know consumers pleasure centers consumers uh, me 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 selfish and that also has been deliberate and they're going to continue that assault if we allow them turning us into consumer slaves as the prime new prime minister of uh, Italy powerfully stated. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for worse than that, you know, the transhumanism movement, we, taking away our actual humanity, making us uh, controlled robots, cyborgs mm-hmm. effectively. And that's not science fiction. That's actually science fact that's on these sites is biodigital convergence, which sounds interesting is a, a, a upping the game in in controlling every single person chipping them because they don't really consider that we're uh worthwhile they don't consider that we're spiritual beings they just see us as you know useless eaters or at best uh animals if you're useful and Mm -hmm. if ai can replace many jobs then what's your use? They've chipped you. They control your mind, your thoughts, your emotions. Uh, They've got their digital prison. I mean, that's a really dystopic future. And they have the technology to do it. And it's up to us as humanity to reject that strongly and instead embrace our humanity, embrace our love. That's our strongest power. And I, I maintain that love each other, repair relationships, build trust. That when you step into, when you have good relationships, it's so much easier to have convictions, to speak out, not be afraid of being slandered. And a lot of times we're just speaking out against these bureaucrats. It's, you know, what anyone with half a brain cell, um, it, it, it doesn't take much to push back. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you if you if you think back, even uh, you know, the first time I went to school was in the early '90s, and I remember you know being in the in the college campus in the hallways, seeing all these credit card companies doing you know having active programs of predatory lending. Mm-hmm. They're in there in the hallway, knowing that you've got 18 year old kids, you know, first year of college away from home. You're, you're literally no different than somebody on the corner trying to get young kids hooked on a dime bag. Um, you know, here, take it. Your first one's free. Tell your friends. Like drug yeah. dealers, did the, that's how drug dealers <laughs> get on the same thing. And what we did is we created a, a, a society that was addicted to credit cards. And so now when we, when we look at debt, um, you know, debt has been out of control at the federal, provincial, and individual level for decades now. And 
so when you're talking about creating consumers, we are, we are simultaneously creating a consumer who is addicted to credit and is cool. now in debt very, very easily to, to control. Because now if you look at the COVID experiment, this, the social experiment of what we've been through with COVID, look how easy it was to literally coerce people through employment. Why? Because they were hooked on credit. Yeah, because they have mortgages, credit cards, car oh. payments, cottages, oh. boats, toys. Yes, we're, hooked up. we're very, very easy to control. And and I said this when I was at the convoy: people are not getting inoculated against a virus; they're getting inoculated against unemployment. Why? Because they're leveraged to the hilt. Absolutely. I was discussing this with a friend years ago, this leverage that they're they're gonna use over us. All mm-hmm. it's all of Western society. I mean, this decadence that we've been, mm-hmm. you know, it's absolute decadence. And we're 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 basically reaping what we sow yeah. collectively for living these dis, you know, decadent lifestyles, selfish lifestyles, not even having a care for truly a care for environment. Now, I, I, I do believe we have massive issues with the environment, but done deliberately through climate, mm-hmm. uh, through the geoengineering and all the chemtrails yes. and the and, and poisoning of our soil and the glyphosate and all these corrupt hey, regulators t- allowing t- chemicals. Yeah. That's the problem: is yeah. that every single entity is corrupt not taking responsibility and yeah. um we're reaping we're reaping what we sow collectively and the the challenge is to step into self-responsibility take responsibility for your shit in your life and take yeah. action i mean you can't just sit there going okay i fucked up or oh yeah i'm in debt you gotta take action in every area well, of your life hey, or how about this why don't we not maybe we should not have tested over 4,000 nuclear weapons in our atmosphere. Yes. Since, you know, the, the, the fifties, maybe if you, if our governments, the, the, what is it? We're up to eight nuclear powers, nuclear uh, people with nuclear weapons um, in this country. If maybe we didn't test in our atmosphere over 4,000 nuclear weapons in this planet, I wouldn't have to buy an electric car. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, we know that the gross hypocrisy, even with the Nord Stream uh, sabotage, of course, Russia is not going to sabotage their own pipeline. I'm not going to say NATO, but a lot of people are pointing fingers there. I mean, particularly after Biden just said, we'll shut it down. How? We'll do it. Um, You know, and now there's this uh, miraculously starting in two days, uh, Poland has a pipeline that's going to start. But the think of the environmental damage from that explosion. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if they truly cared about the environment, I mean, I saw it in Tucker Carlson. This this like methane spill goes for, I don't know, a mile, a huge amount of methane released into our atmosphere. And then they're telling us yeah. to buy an electric car. It's always you, the consumer is the problem. You have to sacrifice and suffer. But hey, let's blow up a pipeline that, you know, uh, that's yeah. going to cause massive imar- environmental damage. And we don't even know the extent of the damage with animal life and, and um, sea life as well as in the atmosphere. It's it's grossly hypocritical. Um, and all of these things are frauds. You know, the war on terrorism is a business. They don't want to stop it. The war, the, the war on climate, it's a business and it's a fraud. And a lot of these uh, green technologies, uh, they're using uh, things that are uh, uh, toxic 
uh, chemicals, they're using child labor. Um, I mean, I've just heard so many stories about how, um, you know, how it's uh, the green con. Um, and I don't want to go into that because that can be a, a long, a long, uh, you know, a long topic in itself. But I mean, the, 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 basically it's a war on humanity that we're facing. It's an anti-life agenda. And we need to call it out. The governments have an anti-life agenda. You can, you can in Saskatchewan up until uh, I think the PPC protested, Maxime uh, drew this to people's attention. You could pick up a phone dial five if you want to kill yourself. So they're happy to kill you. I mean, yeah. we, we are one of the, I don't know how many countries you can actually abort your child day before you give birth. You know, I consider that murder. Late-term abortion is mm -hmm. repugnant, um, yeah. and yet we're we're happy to kill you. Uh, we're happy to deny you safe and effective real uh, treatments, mm -hmm. but and and we're happy to blame you for everything. Load you up and and leverage your debt, make you an, an addict in every level. Now I'm not not um, against cannabis, but when you see like how many cannabis stores, like small businesses are shutting down in every town, and this mm -hmm. is deliberate, of course, but. There's like seven cannabis stores. I mean, there's, I mean, you can get, you can stay high all day long, um, but you know, you, you can't run a small bit, proper small business. Yeah. yeah. And you know, a lot of this still goes back to in the early days of COVID. And, and I talked about this a lot during the campaign for, with the Ontario party, I spoke, you know, many, many times. I think I even still have a video on my TikTok about emergency management, Ontario. Yes. Uh, and, you know, really, if anyone takes anything away from this, there is there's no excuse for the level of incompetence in the way every province in the federal government handled uh, COVID-19. You can't be that incompetent. You they had everything in place to deal with a pandemic because a pandemic was no surprise that it would it was very possible to happen. But it was done deliberate. There's no way in my mind, you don't have, every province has an emergency management office. You don't shut down every single one of them, sideline them, and then tell some bureaucrat chief medical officer that nobody ever elected and say, yeah, you're now in charge of this big giant shit show. Well, of and that's course. exactly what they did, right? It that's is. What they did. And it was law. It was the same playbook for every country, every Western yeah. country, exactly yes. the same. Yeah. And and just happening within days. I mean, systematic. I mean, the playbook given probably by the World Economic Forum yeah. or even beyond that, the Club of Rome. All of these secret mm -hmm. societies um, are you know seven hundred steps ahead, but have mm -hmm. bought off so many people, and it, it's disgusting. Even with. Uh, Bonnie Henry, I can't even use the the, the word doctor, but um, yeah. minutes before she went on to promote these uh, safe and effective shots, she had received, a, a, and it's it can be a number of emails talking about how there's been an, a startling number of adverse reactions, and she just ignored it and went mm -hmm. on to promote them. I mean, when will people be held accountable? I mean... Yeah. Criminally negligent, um, absolutely. In her case, uh, it's clear. And what she did to Dr. Charles Hoff, what a wonderful yep. man. He was an early person to call out the harm yep. and, and to do the D-dimer test on people. Um, yeah. but, 
Yeah, I mean, what do you see um, as some of the solutions, uh, you know, within the freedom movement, we're disconnected, people are calling each other controlled opposition, we both experienced that. Um, mm -hmm. I try to take the high road and just keep going ahead. But, you know, we really do have to unite. Uh, and again, mm -hmm. I think that's our most powerful weapon. That's the thing they're afraid of is that if, when we unite, and we unite with love, civil non-compliance, with pens, with um, mm -hmm. determined action, with uh, very clear legal claims, because the judges will then wake up. Um, what do you suggest is a path forward that better than this toxic finger pointing yeah. aggression against each other that the enemy is applauding, going great, they're yes. fighting. Well, and and you know, I did I did a monologue about this, and I put it out on my YouTube. I think a week and a half ago, and, and it was it was exactly about what you're talking about. And, and my opening statement in the video is, you know, we in the human rights and freedom movement have a problem right now. And the problem is us mm -hmm. because we are bickering. And, and this is this has always been my my rule of thumb. Attack the issue, not the individual person or their character and stop being paranoid about the fact that maybe somebody doesn't agree with you. That's called respectful discourse. Just learn how to have a respectful conversation with members of your own team that may disagree with you, right? And, you know, I, I've heard all the rumors. I'm, I'm Mossad, CIA, FBI, Jeez. RCMP, CSIS, CSEC, yeah. Ottawa Police. I've heard it all. Yes. I've heard it all. And I jokingly, I was with my lawyers recently, um, Keith Wilson and Evan. I said, do you guys want to see my bank account? You want to see how much, yeah. you know, uh, uh, an RCMP undercover agent makes? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I, I find it incredibly uh, frustrating that, you know, we, we've had this lull in the battle. Okay. In a military term, we would call it a lull in the battle. And you've had a big battle you go into something called consolidation or you're reorganizing before the big counterattack or the next phase of the battle. We're kind of this summer, we've been in that lull because the government, you remember going back to last winter, it was like every month the government was making big, big moves against us. Mm -hmm. You know, let this legislation was pushed or there was another lockdown or vaccine mandates came out. They, they targeted specific employment, you know, Truckers were heroes one day, and now all of a sudden they're villains yeah. the next because they won't get the vaccine, right? So we had constant, we were under constant attack by our own governments, every level of government. Then we went into this period of, of consolidation where, where nothing's happened all summer. The politicians went on their summer break. We just got over an Ontario election. There's different Ontario uh, provincial situations developing. But we on the, the human rights and freedom team have become impatient and we, we want to attack something, somebody. And, and when we have our own people in our, in our camp resisting that, that effort or are being patient, all of a sudden we're looking at that person with suspicion. It's like, listen, this is war. You've been doing battles. This is a war. You need to re-energize maybe you should take a break for the summer work on your gardens mm -hmm. work on your own mental health go on exactly. vacation reconnect with family rebuild old broken relationships focus on your life mm -hmm. 
and stop yelling at people on your own team that are telling you, be patient because you're in a war. You're not in a battle. This is, this is in between. Yes, absolutely. And and even, uh, and I I watched and I don't want to offend anyone with uh, uh, information on the Ukraine, Russia situation, but I mean, I do follow it closely and I listened to a, a, a gentleman who's quite informed, who's living in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he he states very clearly that the Russians mandate is not to harm civilians and all of the other uh, garbage being promoted, like they bombed a hospital, it was empty, and it was full of uh, the enemy, like these neo Nazis, and they're trying to wear out the enemy, they don't mind losing territory, it's not about that, it's mm-hmm. uh, sort of liberating um, the, the, the indigenous Russians from this neo Nazi uh, genocidal um, mm-hmm. uh, sort of uh, uh, disgusting tyranny. Um, and so they're just grinding it out and they're being very systematic about their battles and they're they're trying minimum life loss. So it's very carefully thought out. And apparently the you know, last battle, um, it was promoted on Western me. Oh, they gave up all this land. They didn't care. They're protecting lives. And I think there was almost 12,000 of the Ukraine uh, fighters who were disabled or um, mm-hmm. injured, unfortunately, or killed. And that that's a really sad thing for them but um and they're just grinding it out systematically turning the corner um and obviously they have uh, excellent capabilities and historical track record of fighting in cold climate so in the winter um so i mean when it comes to this battle like you said the more uh the longer we wait the harder it is for the enemy because the data the actual hard evidence on the harm of the shots which is i think the linchpin when people find out that the shots, uh, how toxic they really are, the masses, that's mm-hmm. going to uh, start a, a mass awakening. And just think of the legal challenge, everything, you know, and we're getting that critical mass. So the more time, the more challenges on our side, the more obvious facts about the uh, how the, the shots are, are harmful uh, or a, as a minimum useless. I think even the president of uh, Pfizer, I forget his name. Mm-hmm. Came out again after two shots, two boosters. He's got COVID again. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I mean, you have to be smart in a war. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find um, I was asked in the early days of, of Ukraine, you know, what do you think about Ukraine, Russia? And I said, well, I don't. And they were like, what? I said, I don't. I'm not going to get sucked into the next thing. And yes. uh, not going to change my Facebook profile to support the next thing exactly. uh, because next week it's going to be something else. Well, right? of course. This is, this is a monumental distraction. Now, I can say it's a monumental distraction because it is, but you know, does anyone care about what's going on in the Congo? What about South Sudan? Does anyone care that for, for over, I would say, 15, 20 years, the, the Chinese have been arming the North Sudanese government to go in and murder and genocide the South Sudanese because there's mineral rights in South Sudan. Has anyone ever no. talked about that? Do we no. care? No. So just not because in the news. Certain, so yeah, it's not, not in the news. The news. So we're because because Ukraine and Russia are both first world nations. All of a sudden, it's in the news, and we're going to talk about that because we don't want to talk about this other thing over here that we've been screwing up for two and a half years. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the corruption of an organization. Now, this is horrific, like NATO. 
Um, yes. And I think I think it's beyond the first world because there's horrific yeah. things going on everywhere. But within Ukraine, I think there was a stronghold there for the New World Order. I know yeah. uh, George Soros has his, his claws in there, and I think there were uh, uh, bio labs, very harmful. Yeah. They're planning they the next 10 years of the bioweapons. So I think there's a lot of clear data. And I, I mean, I can't see it with my own eyes, but it seems yeah. very clear that there was a real reason to go in there. And now NATO is saying after the, what they did to the former Yugoslavia, and they forced a referendum and divided up that country. And, you know, Serbia was like, what? But they made it. They, they made a precedent by doing that. So now they're saying with the referendum that they're going to have Russia's going to allow within these regions, Donbass and some of the others that, that will probably land overwhelmingly in favor of going back to Russia for obvious reasons, because mm -hmm. they're being threatened at every turn or, or murdered. Um, they're going to have to accept that because they can't just say, oh, we're, we're not going to allow that. But they are. They're just mm -hmm. they're they're showing themselves to be the the world bullies that they are. Oh no, we wanted to divide up Yugoslavia so we get it done, but we're not going to let the people of this region decide their own future. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, that's yeah. something I'm hoping will wake people up as well. Yeah, um, and well, yeah, I mean, all over the world, what they're doing to people in Africa with uh, the mineral rich uh, continent for our electric cars, the child yeah. labor. There's yeah. no. No comments in the news about child labor or the pedophilia, disgusting pedophilia within Hollywood, child trafficking. Yeah. You don't you you don't hear a peep about that in the mainstream yeah. media. So, you know, I as soon as as soon as the Ukraine Russia war erupted, uh literally the next day after Justin Trudeau revoked the Emergency Act in February on February 24th, um as soon as he revoked that, the next day he went on and did a press conference, said, you know, we stand with the people of Ukraine against Russia and tyranny and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What did you just do to your own people in your own country? You're supposed to be the leader. You're denouncing this particular action on the other side of the world. And you just did it to your own people. But here's a here's another thing. Um, in the 60s with John F. Kennedy. And, you know, when the Russians put uh, atomic bombs or, or IBCMs in Cuba, 90 miles off the shore of the United States, the Americans said, absolutely not. You're not going to put those rockets right on our border. Well, what have we done? What has NATO done? They have put NATO countries or NATO uh, brought in, you know, former Western or Eastern European um, countries into NATO. And so you're looking at it and you're saying the, the guy's entire border is now flanked by NATO. Do you yeah. think it's any different, any different than what happened with the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 60s under Kennedy? Yeah. The Americans didn't like it. So I don't understand why the Russians would be feeling very comfortable knowing that NATO is built up on their border. Exactly. That's a great analogy. I hadn't thought of the Cuban Missile Crisis, but it's very clear. I mean, it's always been uh, like one of their favorite things to do is to depict the Russians as the ultimate yes. bad guy. Yes. Putin is the ultimate villain. Whether he's a yeah. good guy or bad guy uh, in, in history uh, will is to be determined. Um, and, you know, these guys are always shades of gray anyways. I'm sure he's done terrible things, but his uh, his love for his people is clear. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I've heard countless stories how he's tried to improve their lives. He's brought back uh, the church, his yeah. the mandates. They never had the mandates um, in a way they were much freer than here. He did, developed his own shot. You don't hear about the toxicity and the adverse reactions of the shot. And I think he's always tried to uh, protect his people. And I know I've heard stories about Gorbachev as being part of this um, elites or globalist uh, dividing up the country to weaken it. And there's always been a resistance with the Russians against the new world order, against mm -hmm. the, the Rothschild banking as well. He kicked them out. He kicked out the GMO foods. I mean, look at his actions and mm -hmm. we know how toxic GMO foods would. So I think as a minimum, I think he truly believes that he's uh, doing the right thing for his people to keep his people strong and protecting them, which is definitely different than most most of the western leaders who are literally doing harm to their own people on purpose well um, my is that you know vladimir putin's a billionaire oh, so what, what, what he might be the richest man in the world one of them i mean his, yeah, his what, wealth what is motivates him what motivates him to be you know doing the job of you know the leader of russia it's not money no he's he's, he's beyond surpassed that Look, I don't know the man. I know uh, Jordan Peterson has been studying him apparently for years. Uh, he's made his comments about Vladimir Putin. You're right. History will judge Putin for, for you know, who he is sometime in, in our future. But, you know, I think, you know, what's really interesting is uh, Oliver Stone, the movie director, uh, Vietnam veteran. You know, he did the movie Platoon. But years ago, his daughters uh, were in university. They were coming home on break and they were talking about all the things they were learning in university. And he was like, wait a minute, that's not true. That's not what happened. I lived through it. Mm -hmm. He actually created a mini series, a 12 part mini series called The Untold History of the United States of America. It's on, it was on uh, Netflix. There's 12 episodes. I would encourage all your viewers to watch it because it paints a very different picture of U.S. foreign policy in relation to Russia. Oh, um, yeah, I'll watch know, that. I haven't seen that. He actually interviewed Putin. Did excellent. he do a series yeah. of interviews directly? Yes. With him? In fact, yes. he said that he would only take the Sputnik shot. He didn't trust his own government shot. So he got, yeah. I think he did get the Sputnik uh, shot. Yeah. And so when you when you look at, I mean, Oliver Stone himself is a Vietnam veteran, that the movie Platoon was actually loosely based off of his experience in Vietnam as a volunteer private in the infantry who fought in that in, in the Aishaw Valley. So when he comes out and he says, hey, you know, that is not the way history actually happened. Mm -hmm. And he did this this miniseries and he he followed every president from Barack Obama backwards in time and looked at their relationship with Russia. And, um, you know, I, I think people should, should maybe look at that. I have a friend of mine who spent six months in Latvia with the Canadian army. And he was saying to me, he was shocked at the difference in historical movies of mm -hmm. what was happening in, in Europe versus what we get in North America with Hollywood. And oh, such a contrast, such a contrast. And you, you know the saying, right? The victor writes the history books. Absolutely. Well, we could go. I'm actually having uh, Matthew Errett on my show in a week or two. I don't know if you know him. I would uh, encourage you to follow him. I mean, he's he's a young guy, but his level of historical knowledge mm -hmm. and research is 
unbelievable. And he's written a number of books. Like he's taken Good. a dive to, to uncover the real history and the level of lies and history. I'm sure you've mm -hmm. gone down a few um, places. It's unbelievable. Like to, to get real history is fascinating. So he's coming on the show in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to talking to him, but getting back to, I mean, you know, this whole concept of, you know, doing the right thing. And I mean, I do believe Putin is uh, doing what he believes is the right thing for his people, which is different mm -hmm. from Macron and Trudeau oh. and Biden. They're doing the most harmful thing for their people as a minimum. Um, and but so getting back to like, what can we do each of us here in Canada and in, in other places, if you're listening from other places in the world, for it, particularly Western countries, the level of corruption, unbelievable. All these people bought off um, or brainwashed and indoctrinated. Some people are just indoctrinated and it's this ideology, harmful ideology that's seeped into their system, particularly, and I've said this before, millennials, they've kind of got the mm -hmm. maximum indoctrination. Yes. They're all like terrified of the climate, yet ordering lattes to be delivered to their house. I mean, there's a lot of uh, hypocrisy within, um, you know, the way that they they approach this, as we know, but it's everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. So what can we do two things to unify, um, uh, the, you know, ourselves within the freedom? And then what would you suggest to get people to take action, like people who are like kind of hiding out or just, I mean, we spoke about this briefly uh, to get perspective on why it's important to step up. Yeah. Step and this, this is a great question because from, from my perspective, and this is going just back to basic soldiering. Um, you focus on what you can control and focus on what you can influence. Mm -hmm. And your, your goal with focusing on what you can influence is so that you can convert influence into a measure of control. Or success, and, right, yeah. And so make connections, have conversations. That's about creating influence, about getting information. And, and being able to control what's happening in your everyday environment and in your life. Um, I'll give you a great analogy. If, if I want to save the planet from uh, climate change, I'm not going to become Greta, whatever her name is. Um, uh, yeah. Her, yeah. Her, I'm not going to get on a plane and fly across and admonish the UN. Um, I'm not going to do it on a global scale. I'm going to deal with what I can control, which means is I'm going to be a, a steward of my own environment that I live in. I'm going to control my own actions. I mm -hmm. will recycle. I will be thoughtful and, and very focused on my individual impact on the environment around me. This is what I can control. And what can I influence? Well, maybe I can talk to my friends, my family, and get them to influence and, and sort of get in line with what I'm mm -hmm. thinking. Beyond that, everything else is just intelligence gathering. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really what it becomes. It's going out there and getting all this information to try to make an influence with other people or gain some measure of control about what can I do in my life. Now, the, the other big piece to this is you have to recognize that other people have a difference of opinion. And you both can possibly be right, and you both can possibly be wrong. Just be willing to attack the issue and not the individual person who's delivering a message that you don't like. 
focus on the issue, not on the personal characteristics of somebody who's disagreeing with your point of view. Yes. And I, and, yes. and I think that's an important thing. Don't attack somebody because they don't believe what you believe. Well, I like that. And, and one thing that we've both witnessed because I've worn several shirts, right, is don't mm-hmm. attack person for the shirt they're wearing. Like, and I don't even care. Of course, we want to attack liberals. We want to attack NDP. Yeah. Well, now we yeah. want to attack a conservatives. It, when, the, when there was the provincial election, you attacked the new blue or the Ontario yeah. party. Yeah. I was attacked for supporting both parties. And you mm-hmm. you were there or you knew mm-hmm. that I tried to to unite those two parties yeah. to give the freedom movement a chance. Now I get attacked for like saying congratulations to Pierre Poliev on winning the uh, leadership agreement. I don't believe that we should be bashing and aggressive. We should be, you know, respectful, uh, dignified, classy, graceful. I mean, anyone who's working towards our common goal of freedom, I'm applauding. Now, will uh, Poliev live up to what he's promised? Time will tell. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, is there room, I think, for uh, the integrity that the PPC has shown, for example, from the beginning has been calling out the mandates and the shot, the collective every single person who was uh, running for PPC. And I hope that will be acknowledged in the future, which mm-hmm. is why I decided to, uh, you know, stay with that party. Who knows, yes. maybe uh, all colors of shirts will be eliminated in the future. Everyone will be independents. We have to open our minds to all possibilities instead going, oh, you're with the conservatives. I'll never speak to you. Um, I've had conversations with people who were liberals and actually good ones. I mean, we have to focus on our shared values. Every opposition that we have with someone, I think, needs to be rooted in our common humanity because otherwise we're, we're what they want us to be, animals. They want us to be like animals. If we're behaving like animals, again, they're winning. You know, our best, the best of humanity needs to come out in these times, not the worst. Um, And what do you think as... um, as, as troops are, are being put in the ground on in Germany, places like that. So as the fear ramps up, it's more important for us to stay rooted at calm, rooted in our humanity and love. Um, because if we stay calm and just keep, you know, keep plugging mm-hmm. along what we can control, what we can influence, as you say, and also mm-hmm. intelligence gathering. So trying to decipher what is fact and what is fiction, what is part of their tricks and snares yeah. and what is um, evidentially um, supported fact, or even if you can't just using your gut feeling and intuition, I think that if, sometimes that's guided me better than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as fear ratchets up with, you know, now they're threatening u- nuclear war, um, and and I, I heard, um, you know, one of the Canadian prophets was talking about there's going to be some sort of major false flag um, happening soon. Now, the Vatican has asked for their money and gold back by September 30th, which is tomorrow. So it seems like there's this pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you say in terms of, uh, you know, if we're all soldiers in Canada staying calm um, and, and what, what, what guidance would you give as a captain? I would... Uh... Right now, so I, I did have some, some interesting conversations with somebody who just returned from Vienna. Mm-hmm. There was a big medical conference that happened there over the last two weeks. Uh, the person I spoke to uh, had a good conversation with Gert Vandenbosch. Mm, good. And he, he, what he was saying that, you know, he was all, his predictions were off in terms of the timeline, mm-hmm. but not in terms of the effect. So 
right now, the, there's two things that I know that I'm in, I'm talking about intelligence, which is where I'm gathering the information and trying to influence, influence yeah. and control my own family, mm-hmm. my own environment. One is what he was saying the entire time. And, and I'm raising this because from, a, from don't get distracted by military operations that are being reported on the news. Okay. So what did Sometimes, he say? Yeah. So, and I want to say this because sometimes when we move troops around on the battlefield, it's actually called a a show of force. It's Mm -hmm. a psychological trap. And Okay. That's good to know. Right. Like, I feel like I'm playing the game risk sometimes, except for I realize I've been real life, but I'm like, I'm like, okay, move this, move this. One person influence can influence seven. I mean, it's like, it's, yeah. it's my well, every day it's my mission <laughs> yeah you, you do a show of force it's a guy with big muscles takes off his shirt and flexes in front of you you know or a cat puffs up the fur on their back <laughs> yeah. bigger than you don't mess with me yeah. that's what a show of force is we mm-hmm. we start moving around you know tank divisions uh in in eastern europe that's a show of force not okay. don't worry about it right now and what can i do exactly. about tank nothing on the other side of the globe six times seven time zones away from me what can i do about that yeah that's let it go yeah it's not it's not influence and it's not control so it doesn't affect I, your environment yes yeah what can i control gert Bosch from the very beginning of this came out and said look never vaccinate during a pandemic you do right. this you're going to put a horrendous amount of pressure on a virus and you're going to cause it to mutate in probably some very deadly ways so there's a couple scenarios that he's operating on and that getting deeper into the fall, early winter, we are going to, to possibly fall into a very um, dangerous virus. We're going into that season. Now you look at the vaccinated people that are on their third, fourth shot who are already immune compromised. This is a fact we know you're going to introduce this pressure onto the original virus or or any other virus into your society now this could be the release of another bioweapon as well that's Uh, not he 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 didn't Uh, rule that he didn't rule it out and And the word is marburg is the one that we keep hearing about i've been hearing about marburg for six months yes and i mean this is where it's hard to gather intelligence i just wanted to say because i've interviewed other i mean you haven't listened to all my podcasts i mean i've interviewed other prestigious scientists and doctors who actually uh, even question whether there was any virus at all. And what we're really all experiencing is radiation poisoning from 5G towers that went up magically while we were all in lockdown. So there's really no such thing as the variants or other pressures. And and so really there's the the poisoning of the shots, the toxicity Mm -hmm. of what's in them. There's uh, heavy metals, uh, there's H HIV strains, there's all sorts of horrific things, as well as the graphene oxide, which helps uh, people to be more conductive for the radiation and suck it in. Um, Mm -hmm. And we all actually have graphene oxide in us because of the food and the chemtrails, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever it is, again, whether there is a virus or it's mutating, certainly taking the shots is creating what they saw in the animal studies, antibody Mm -hmm. enhancement dependence, or yeah. pathogen priming, so fucking over your autoimmune, your immune system, killing your natural immunity, yes. and stopping yes. your own God-given body from just easily overcoming something. Yeah. 
combined with the level of dis-ease that you have in your own system, like, you know, the analogy of the fish with dirty water, this is the whole difference between uh, germ theory and terrain theory, yes. uh, you know, and basically what, what we're really learning is it's not the germ at all. It's the terrain. So if you have a fish in a dirty fish tank, mm-hmm. you got to change the water in the tank and that's your own internal system. So you got to clean up your diet and your, it comes back to personal responsibility. Again, we aren't going to be saved by a shot. You know, we keep putting our faith outside of God, outside mm-hmm. of ourselves. Oh, someone else take responsibility. Mr. Government, Mr. Big Pharma. Yeah. It's our mm-hmm. own selves. And ultimately, we actually, you know, we could have could avoid all of these bioweapons if we're healthy uh, within our own system. Our own fish tank is it's got yep. clear water. But anyways, yes, yeah, so you were saying that so- the truth is with all these shots. And with the winter coming, with the potential food shortages and uh, issues with energy, uh, you know, people are predicting a very dark winter. Uh, yes. So, so to to go back to to this idea of what you're talking about, whether it's a virus or not, I know there's a great documentary that I've I've been meaning to see, but I, I've been briefed on it several times. <laughs> the idea that maybe like there actually is no such thing as a virus. No, I'm on that side. The whole idea, this is another big lie to the world. It's hard to get your head around how many lies there are. History, the whole idea of viruses, viruses aren't even alive. They're just, they're just genetic information that Mm -hmm. is relayed from one person to the the next. I mean, so that's too much for this discussion, but tune in. Dr. Young's coming on again in two weeks and I'm going to dive into that. But yeah, I mean, you're a military as a captain. How can we prepare for what's ahead without freaking out and without stepping into this, this level of selfishness, this like, I'm going to just protect me. Yeah. Um, So so go first and foremost, go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Which are always about, you know, food, water, shelter, uh, you know, as you get down the hierarchy, but make sure that your family is well insulated against lack of water, lack of nutrition, buy the vitamins to supplement in case you do have a, a nutrition uptake problem. Um, make sure that your mental health, like let's, let's just as an example, say that uh, when I, I used to be in a reconnaissance patrol, uh, reconnaissance platoon. And one thing we would always take would be a deck of cards because mm-hmm. of the boredom. You could, you could get bored to tears. You're out on a long reconnaissance patrol for a couple of days. You take a deck of cards to keep your mind occupied or a book. You got to think about your mental health when you're in, in this long-term thing. So if we go into this dark winter, make sure you've got plenty of food, water. Think about your mental health because it's not going to be easy. But again... Yeah. You know, people are running around saying, oh, I'm going to buy gold and silver. That's okay. I, I, I don't have an issue with that. In my case, because I, li- I have land, what I've done is I bought a lumber mill. Oh, that's right? a great idea. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't buy gold bars or coins. What I bought was something that I could turn one resource into another. Income. Um, yeah, that's smart. Well, there, there's income, but there's also, if I need to build shelters for a, lo- a large group of people. I can, I can cut down a tree on my land and build a house. So the other thing is, you know, this guy on YouTube last year criticized me. He was talking about gold and I said, Hey, just hear me out here. Have you considered maybe buying seeds to grow food? His response was, well, that's what the gold is for dummy. 
That was his answer, right? And oh. I'm like, I responded. I said, you could show up with a donkey cart full of gold. You're not getting my seeds when the economy. <laughs> you wonders, not getting, yeah. <laughs> I can't eat gold. I'm sorry. So, yeah. you know, I would That's say funny. To, to, to take people to say, look, if you've got some income that you can invest right now, invest in something that is going to remove you further away from the system and closer to being self-reliant. And if you've taken care of everything, you know, solar panels, uh, water filtration, food production, um, if you if you've taken care of all that, then I would say go after the metals. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. So from a military point of view, start detaching yourself from the society. And I'll tell you, here's a beautiful benefit to this. If nothing happens, if the world goes back to pre-COVID, it's a pretty good way to live. Mm -hmm. it feels good to take responsibility yeah yeah, you'll live longer and happier yeah this is what our our, our, this is what our generations before us did they grew their own food they lived off their lands it's -hmm. a good way to live and you don't need all that extra crap you don't need the top of the long uh line boat and this and that we all these material things have been making us more and more miserable i mean of course money to a certain point uh you know it's helpful but after a certain point just thing after thing i mean having deep relationships is critical that's why i have a euchre club and it is so much fun we we don't talk about really rarely anything going on we're laughing and joking the whole time Mm -hmm. and it just keeps growing and growing because people need that as you said like a yep. pack of cards you can't always be in this mode like fighting you know thinking about the fight you gotta calm down relax yep. de-stress you know mm-hmm. focus on a just joyful living and that's something people have forgotten too because they've mm-hmm. gotten so overwhelmed and stressed out i deal with this in my detox clinic that i have mm-hmm. now mental uh stress uh, you know and then physical symptoms coming out and emotional issues uh, mm-hmm. people are like you said it's hard to detoxify from the anger. People are furious at certain, you know, government, et cetera. They're broken. They're heartbroken relationships. People they thought they could trust who told them they loved them. They, who, people who they thought they could count on betrayed mm-hmm. them, walked away from them. The second that they spoke out people yep. they thought would have their backs. I mean, that has happened in my life and it was, it's been heartbreaking and it's, I'm, you know, still processing people who I thought would be with me for life who said they love me and just as soon as I said I was going to speak out they were out of there and I thought these people were strong they would be my partner for life this this like heartbreaking people do need to mourn like you can't just it's a deep thing like I've cried many tears about you know and and friends who have taken it you know gone down the narrative path and I try to reach out to them I still keep the door open some of them have come back which is wonderful uh, but some of them remain silent you know what that's like as well yes family I think you had family turn against you when you decided Mm -hmm. to speak out at the trucker freedom movement yeah I had my grandfather my grandfather and my uncle were screaming at my cousin, telling him, you know, using all sorts of profanity to tell me to stop using the family last name. She, right? I know. Well, that's human behavior. You get to see someone's true colors. And is there yeah. an opportunity for redemption and forgiveness? That's something we're going to have to struggle with as, uh, you know, collectively. And mm-hmm. I think it's a really important thing. 
um, to move forward because I don't think we can live uh, two separate worlds. Like people are talking about these intentional communities and walled yeah. communities, but I'm, you know, you can't live indefinitely away from each other. We have that's why these these dialogues with each other, the opportunity to fight, to challenge yeah. each other, to to discourse, to express our hurt and our pain is so important. And that's involved in any healing process. Again, you can't sweep it under the rug. You have to face the mess. Um, you have to hold people accountable for the messes they've created, for yes. the pain and hurt they've created, the damage, the death. Um, and and then we can move forward. Agreed. Agreed. So, well, I mean, it's uh, it's always great to talk to you, uh, you know, Tom. And and, and uh, I don't know if we missed anything today. We got all different tangents, but I think we agree wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. um, the next few months could be quite challenging. And it's important that we all, um, you know, stick together, hearten each other yes. uh, as, as, as soldiers, really, for a better uh, future. Mm -hmm. Maintain that influence with each other and with people who don't get it yet in a in a civilized way. Push mm -hmm. back in this in uh with all of the people in positions of authority because though that's where I focus my efforts. I'm constantly yes. calling people, writing letters, and it does pay off. Like with uh, University of Western, I called mm -hmm. every person on that list and emailed them and expressed uh, how horrific it was for them to try to get kids to take a third injection of something unsafe. Yeah. And look at they backed away. Um, there's a large group of us that pushed back with Durham uh, School Board about the masks, and we were one of the first places to get our kids unmasked, thank God. But these things work, particularly yes. when you have a, a number of people. Now they're pushing against the uh, the school system and the indoctrination of uh, and sexualization of children. Finally. Finally. So, yeah, finally. I'm hoping that will lead um, to some changes over time. So it Every person's efforts makes a difference. I really, yeah. I, I believe that now. Where the days where I'm like, was that even worthwhile? I believe it is. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. The seeds planted persistently over time start mm -hmm. to grow something new. So, yeah. so yeah. So, anyways, thanks so much, Tom. All the best. We'll talk yep. to you again. Okay. Thank okay. you. Have a great day. Take care. You too.